Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Locked On NHL. If you need more hockey news every day, then Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories in game recaps on Locked On NHL. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, July 12th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can go leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, good morning everybody. I hope you all enjoyed your weekends. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Before getting into all the latest news surrounding the Chicago Blackhawks in the past couple of days... I wanted to be sure to make a special announcement public for all the listeners out there. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, then you may have already heard this news by now, but uh, for those who don't, first off, you're definitely missing out. Go follow me on Twitter and on social media, Uh, but the the news is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast is coming to YouTube. Starting up in the next couple of days here, I will be publishing videos along with my podcast on YouTube. The Lockdown Podcast Network has been starting up a bunch of YouTube channels recently, and uh, because of all the great support I get from you listeners out there, I got selected by the company to start up one as well. So uh, thank you to everyone who's continued to listen onto the podcast, and yeah, in the next couple of days, you can also start watching me talk about the Blackhawks on the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. Some exciting stuff coming here on the show, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I'm definitely pumped up to get that going here in the next couple of days. But moving on now into uh, uh, what I just said, some of the latest Blackhawks news from over the weekend. The first thing I wanted to get into the is the updates we have on veteran defenseman Duncan Keith. In the episode on Friday, I said I had a bad feeling that come Monday morning when it was time for the show, Keith could already be on his way out of Chicago. That, of course, didn't happen. Keith has yet to be dealt by the Hawks. Uh, and apparently things could be slowing up here in the talks between Chicago and the Edmonton Oilers, the team that Keith has been linked to for the past week or so now. But the latest news that we heard on this situation came on uh, Friday morning via Michael Russo as a guest on the Daily Faceoff Rundown podcast, which is hosted by Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger, two well-known media figures around the game of hockey that both, both work for... TSN, but on Friday morning, Russo was a guest talking on the show, and he stated that uh, while the two sides, the Blackhawks and the Oilers, they've been grinding away hard to get a deal done, things have kind of hit a standstill in, in terms 
of negotiations because apparently the Blackhawks are not wanting to retain any salary for Keith, and that has led to the Oilers pulling out one of their players that they originally had on the table for a deal. Supposedly, that player could be either defenseman Ethan Bear or forward Ryan McLeod. Those are the two names that Russo dropped on Friday morning, and it also could be defensive, um, excuse me, defenseman Caleb Jones, who the Blackhawks are trying to acquire in order to lure his brother Seth into signing a contract extension here potentially in the future, either via a sign-in trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets or possibly when he hits the open market around this time next summer. But things between the Blackhawks and the Oilers involving Keith uh, has reached what Russo called the a take-it-or-leave-it deal offered by the Edmonton Oilers, and it's sounding like the fact that the Hawks are not willing to retain any salary is really the crucial factor that is keeping these two teams from getting something done. Um, And while I do get that the Blackhawks, uh, they probably don't want to retain any salary here because it's not like they 100% have to trade Duncan Keith, Um, but at the same time, A, there's, there's just really no point for him to still be here when the team's in the midst of a rebuild. You know, he turns 38 in a couple of days. That that doesn't do a rebuilding team all that much good at this point. And B, you know, when he also would like to be closer to his family after spending the past 16-plus seasons here in the Chicago area, you know, then you want to make the guy happy if possible. He's done everything that, he, that we've asked out of him for this team. So, um, for me... If it comes down to eating like 1.5 or 2 million of that 5.5 million dollar cap hit over the next 2 years to get him out of Chicago, I personally would be willing to do that if I were calling the shots because um I can't really imagine a team out there, more specifically one of the few teams that are an actual option for Keith to be traded to. Um I don't see any of them willingly taking on that entire $5.5 million cap hit over the next two seasons, knowing that they have all the leverage over the Blackhawks and Duncan Keith in this situation. All right, that takes care of the latest updates surrounding the Duncan Keith situation from over the weekend. He was not traded by the Blackhawks like I thought he might be. Coming up in just a moment, it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel, and they also have a couple of new flavors right now like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you like mint. And they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's a capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order.
Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just got done discussing some updates on defenseman Duncan Keith possibly being traded to the Edmonton Oilers. Moving on now, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. The first question I wanted to answer today comes from Jane Dorfler, who emailed in the podcast yesterday asking, I mean, I'm happy he won, but how the hell did Patrick Kane take home the ESPY for the best NHL player? Yeah, Jane, I have no idea myself. For those of you who didn't hear about this, over the weekend, ESPN's annual ESPY awards were handed out, and Patrick Kane actually took home the award for best NHL player over Connor McDavid, who just put up 100 points in a 56-game season. Uh, he also took home took it home over Austin Matthews, who put on an absolute goal-scoring clinic with the Maple Leafs, and also Andre Vasilevsky, who just backstopped the Tampa Bay Lightning to their second consecutive Stanley Cup, and also took home the Conn Smythe Trophy for postseason MVP. Uh, <laughs> look, you know, you're not going to find a bigger Patrick Kane fan out there than myself, you know. Uh, my 12-year-old German Shepherd is named Kane, but there's just n- no way you can believe this was the right call in giving him the award. I mean, yeah... He had a tremendous year for the Blackhawks, and I don't even want to think about where the team could have been without Patrick Kane, but he certainly wasn't better than Connor McDavid or Andre Vasilevsky. He wasn't even the best player in his division, so um, yeah, kind of a shaking, shaking my head moment. You know, I know it was an award voted on by just the fans, uh, and it's great to always have that support for this Blackhawks team, but for ESPN, you know, not really a good look here for themselves when they're taking over the media rights for the National Hockey League come next season. A a pretty interesting development at the ESPYs over the weekend. The second question I wanted to answer here today on the podcast comes from at KMLB Bears Cub fan who asked, if he gets canned because of the scandal, who do you see as a possible GM to replace Stan Bowman? I honestly have no idea how Stan Bowman still has a job at this very moment. Uh, I also have no idea how he's going to make these public appearances and interviews in the next couple of weeks with uh, the expansion draft and free agency and the NHL draft all approaching in the next couple of weeks. Uh, And for those of you who don't know, by the way, the latest updates we have from Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times, who's been a guest here on the show on a few occasions. Ben reported over the weekend that the Blackhawks have officially filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit from the Michigan high school student who Brad Aldrich went on to sexually assault in 2013. And now the Blackhawks have filed motions to dismiss both the lawsuits that they are facing. And in the first lawsuit filed by the member of the 2010 championship team, the uh, Hawks basically said in their um, motion to dismiss, they said that because the player was not a minor and not disabled nor in a care facility, because of that, management did not have to report the incident to the police, which is so messed up and twisted on several several different levels. And once again, the Blackhawks organization continues to show they just do not care what the public opinion thinks. They only want to try and save money and save their jobs, and they're just completely missing the point here once again. But 
Can anyone say they're surprised by this organization continuing to act scummy? I mean, it's become a complete and total circus here. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to replace Stan Bowman, but it, it seems inevitable at this point, right? I I don't know how he's can, A, look himself in the mirror, or B, how he's still calling the shots for the Blackhawks, how he's going to have some say in who they draft and what they do this offseason. I mean, if he really goes out in a presser and just says no comment about all this, it's so disappointing by the Blackhawks. But again, they, they just don't seem to care about that a- aspect whatsoever. Um, but, you know, again, I'm not sure who's going to replace Stan Bowman, but when that day comes, hopefully, you know, keeping my fingers crossed there, uh, I'm not too worried about someone coming in and, and having to do a better job than Stan has done because, you know, he, he's setting the bar pretty damn low with his actions recently. And, um, you know, based on how he's yet to resign from being the president of hockey operations and the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks at this point, again, uh, setting the bar pretty low, and I'm sure whoever comes in is going to try and take the culture in a different direction than the Blackhawks are showing their fan base and the rest of the world in National Hockey League at the moment. All right, I think that will finish up our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. Thanks to those who reached out and asked their questions over the weekend. Coming up in just a minute, I still got to get into forward Mason McTavish's 2021 NHL draft profile. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is about to take over for the summer. The NHL playoffs are wrapped up with uh, Tampa Bay Lightning taking home another Stanley Cup. The NBA Finals are finishing up as well. UFC is in full swing all year round, though, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today, and be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I just got done answering a couple of questions as part of the weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment here on the show. Now, before I wrap things up and let you all go, enjoy the rest of your Mondays. I still got to get into 18-year-old forward Mason McTavish's 2021 NHL draft profile. McTavish is another intriguing player that could potentially be available for the Blackhawks in the first round. Looking at the rankings by all the scouts and the websites, there's a pretty clear consensus by most of them on McTavish as 
He's mostly ranked somewhere between 9 and 14. Bob McKenzie actually has him at number 7, while Craig Button has him down at number 14. Elite Prospects actually has McTavish ranked at number 5, which is the highest I've seen him ranked by anyone. Um, So there is a chance that a team could nab him before the Blackhawks are on the clock at number 11. But if he doesn't go inside the top 10, then the Hawks definitely have to give McTavish a look because he already has a lot of tools and a skill set that I believe will translate well to the NHL level. First off, he's a six foot two, 207-pound center that can skate very well for his size and also has the playmaking ability and the skill set to make things happen from anywhere in the offensive zone. But that size and speed combination that McTavish has is truly a combination I think the Blackhawks should be keying in on during this draft because that's what they're missing right now. They're missing not only a a lot of grittiness from their forward group, but also just size in general. You look at a lot of their players who score goals, Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit, and just a lot of their complementary pieces aren't all that big. So for McTavish to have size and skill, I think that's why the Blackhawks should be starring him on their draft board. And while a lot of scouts, they do say that um, McTavish still needs to learn how to play within his own body and that he's not physically ready for professional hockey just yet, that's perfectly fine because he's still likely to play one more year in the OHL after the season was canceled this past season due to COVID-19. He's still a member of the Peterborough Peets, so one more year of junior hockey probably will do him some good in that department. But while the OHL was shut down this past season, uh, McTavish, who was actually born in Switzerland but is Canadian on a national standpoint, uh, he went over to Sweden and played in their second division for Olten, I believe is how you pronounce it. And um, in his 13 games there in the Swiss second division, McTavish recorded nine goals and two assists for 11 points in his 13 games, even though it was in the second division for being, you know, 17 or 18 years old. It's pretty impressive to score nine goals in 13 games, but that's exactly what Mason McTavish has done everywhere he's played so far in his career. His first year with the Peets in 2019-20, he had 29 goals and 13 assists for 42 points in 57 games. And then, you know, looking at uh, all when he was playing, uh, Growing up throughout Canada's junior career uh, before being in the OHL, absolutely lighting it up in the goal scoring department. And then this past winter at the U18 World Juniors for Team Canada, a lot of people were interested to see how McTavish was going to fare because he hadn't played at all with the OHL season being canceled. Then he goes over to Switzerland, only gets 13 games played over there. So it was a pretty big tournament for Mason McTavish, and he wound up uh, wound up not disappointing. He recorded five goals and six assists for 11 points in just seven games and helped Canada take home the gold medal at the U18s for the first time since 2013. So um, it was a pretty big tournament for McTavish. He was a really key part of that success for Team Canada, and he was also an alternate captain. He was part of the leadership group there as well. And after the conclusion of that tournament, he really saw his draft stock take a tick up in the right direction. McTavish went from being mostly in that 15 to 20, 25 range to jumping up in a, into a lot of people's top 10s. 
Uh, and again, it's clear why, because when you watch this kid's highlight tapes, first off, McTavish jumps out right away due to his large frame for being only 18 years old. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think this kid was born in January of 2003. Um, and I've already talked about, you know, his speed and kind of his natural goal scoring ability, but he also just has a tremendous overall skill set where there isn't any weakness of his really in the offensive part of his game. He wins a lot of faceoffs. Uh, he's a pretty strong passer. I don't think he's ever going to be, I don't think he has the ability to, or I don't think he ever is going to be an elite playmaker at the NHL level. Uh, I think because of his powerful shot, he'll be more of a pure goal scorer, but he does have the ability to make a nice dish to set up his teammates as well. But the one thing I really love about McTavish is his ability to go to the front of the net and make things happen, whether it be via a screen in front of the netminder, he doesn't shy away from contact in that area at all. Uh, he knows his size, he knows that it could be a weapon in front of the, in front of the opposing goaltender. Um, but another ability of his that I really like is that he's not afraid to drive the puck to the front of the net. It truly reminds me a lot of Jonathan Taze when he was younger. If you go back thinking about the Blackhawks power play earlier on in Taze and Kane's careers, a lot of times the the play would the power play would run through Jonathan Taze down low. Kane would get the puck at the right dot and then he'd dump it down low to the goal line to Taves, and then he would immediately face towards the net and try to stuff the puck past the netminder down low. And McTavish kind of has that same mindset on the man advantage. He, he really tries to take advantage of his size and take the puck to the net at any time he can, basically. So not only does McTavish have the ability to score a highlight real goal himself with, you know, his skill set and his high hockey IQ, but he also is the type of player that will score plenty of garbage goals in the dirty areas as well. So, um, with everything that McTavish has in his arsenal, it's pretty clear why some scouts have him going inside the top 10 in this draft. He, he's a big boy that really hasn't even fully learned how to use his body yet, and he has the shot, the stick handling, the speed, and the hockey IQ to become an absolute weapon down the middle for an NHL club in the future. Now, the defensive side of things is still a work in progress a little bit, but McTavish did silence a lot of his critics in that area for Team Canada at the World Juniors. He was pretty solid defensively there for Team Canada. So, all in all, I could definitely see McTavish going in the back half of the top 10, but if he somehow doesn't, he might just be the guy the Blackhawks wind up taking with the 11th overall selection. There's a lot to like with this kid. And breaking down his game and, and watching his highlight clips with that size, he can dance around defenders. He's got speed to go to the outside. He's tenacious on the forecheck, uh, good along the boards, high hockey IQ, absolutely can fire the puck past the goaltender. He 100% is in my top three favorite prospects that I've broken down here on the show in the past couple of weeks. There would be no complaints at all on my end if the Blackhawks come away with Mason McTavish in the first round of the 2021 NHL Draft. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, July 12th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. 
Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our Lockdown Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Lockdown Today, which is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes by following Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.